All right. Welcome, everybody, to the my second uh, Sink or Swim podcast being host. Uh, my name is Daniel Dominguez. Uh, very good for all you all to be here. And as my co-host is my lovely girlfriend. Marissa de la Rosa. Yes. If you guys watched the fir- first podcast, then you already know who she is. Uh, thank you guys for joining us back. I know we're not the best podcast host. <laughs> this is our uh, first and probably last <laughs> podcast experience so thank you for bearing with us uh in our last podcast we we went a lot into the first two years of my medical school experience and uh just overall our experience as a couple throughout those first two years and everything like that uh i think second one will have a pretty similar format we'll just go through everything again the third and the fourth year uh and just our experiences with everything uh, your experience uh, handling me, <laughs> my experience handling you. Yeah, that's... And, uh, <laughs> and we'll take it from there. All right, so I guess we're just going to jump right in then. So, clinical skills and reasoning. Oh, yeah. What's I forgot this? about that course. That was the first course. That was, like, right to start off third year. That was, like, before... That's Oh, no, but even before that, actually, uh, sending... Well, well, it depends. Some people are going to take the step two before oh, actually no no step two is after all the clinicals i'm completely wrong <laughs> everybody takes the step one before the clinical skills and reasoning uh clinical skills and reasoning i think it's a four week course because i think it may be two courses back to back and they may be two weeks each or three weeks each i'm not sure but uh that's just like a almost like a clerkship boot camp to like get you ready so it's just like uh reviewing uh histories and physicals for different organ systems and like it's basically like a mini palm which if you guys watched my other videos i talked a a good amount about uh practice of medicine the palm courses and how to prepare for those namely i talked about not stressing about it too much (laughs) like i do (laughs) but uh but yeah but uh yeah so that that course is pretty straightforward just show up every day and and Think of it as an opportunity to get warmed up before you go into clerkships. Don't think of it as like a chore or something like that. It's always a learning experience. Yeah, exactly. As Make a, the most of your time here. Precisely. Um, so if, when you're picking your schedule <clears throat> for third year, what's the longitudinal track? Okay, so yeah, so... Uh, for all the first and second years who don't know how this works yet or maybe entering this process, um, to start off the third year, you pick the your schedule. So the way it works is you'll be given a sheet with like, uh, I think it has 24 longitudinal tracks. So it has 24 different tracks. And you have to... Uh, organize the different uh, schedules, the different tracks by your preference. So let's say track one was your favorite. You put track one in your top and then track 24 was your least favorite. You put track 24 at the bottom. But you do all that and then the school picks out a track for you, which is actually something, I, even though you get one of your, that's one thing that I didn't like about Nova. I didn't enjoy that whole experience, especially being uh, I'm a Miami person. So I wanted to stay like in the Kendo area. And I got sent to a lot of hospitals, Northwest or higher. So, yeah, because that was a big thing, right? That yeah. um, you tried to switch at least yeah. one thing with some yeah. with, with another classmate, and it might have benefited yeah. them too. But 
They said no. You had to pick the entire track. Yeah, you can't exactly. just pick and choose, which I think sucks. Yeah, but. exactly. That does suck. Yeah, you can't just switch a uh, specific rotation with someone. Uh, and like, let's say you live close to Kendo and someone lives close to Northwest, like, and you want, and they're both IM rotations. Like, you can't do, you can't switch IM and do the one at Kendo that is closer to you. So, uh, in third year, get ready to be sent to, you know, don't, don't, you're not gonna, like, my brother was at Tampa, and that's why you compare, this is one thing I feel like Tampa did a little better. My brother never had to drive more than, like, five minutes. So, like, their schedules are picked by, by proximity, which I think I would have preferred if we were by proximity, but I guess, yeah. I, but I understand, too, why they sort yeah, of, yeah, like, I guess they wanted you to get an experience of yeah, all yeah. of the different and they didn't, things, exactly, which they is, didn't want us, like, like, imagine if I just stayed in Kendall for everything. Yeah. <laughs> So you wouldn't have been able to experience the other hospital. So I guess in that aspect, it's good. But I don't know. I feel like they should give you the choice. Like, would you rather have it like a more broad or would you rather it just be close to home? I agree. I mean, yeah, it was definitely annoying in the moment having to spend. I have a big SUV, so I'm spending 50 bucks uh, twice a week, pretty much. Uh, Because there was not one. There's only Kendall's only hospital in Miami. All other hospitals were... In Broward, super yeah. far, so I was doing super long drives. Yeah, I remember when you were in your Kendall one. I think I picked you up twice yeah, from I that. Think so, yeah. <laughs> Five minutes away. Beautiful. Yeah, super close uh, to me. The only rotation I had close to me. Uh, but what were we talking about going into that? What did we side drift into that? The longitudinal track, picking your schedule. Oh, that's right. So, uh, so let me see any tips. Picking your schedule. Uh, I didn't do this, but it might be better to pick a track that has like internal medicine and surgery earlier on. Because those are the two most difficult rotations. And so like you want your motivation and like spirits to be high because you're going to see it's going to start decreasing a little bit because it is tiring. Third year is tiring. So, like, at the beginning, you're going to be putting in a lot of effort and you're going to see, like, slowly but surely, like, your effort might start decreasing, like, things that you would have done before. Maybe you're not doing now. So, I definitely think it's better to get internal medicine and surgery, those two long, hard rotations out of the way first. Uh, So, that would be one consideration I would make when picking my schedule. Uh, The other consideration to make, which is a big one, is your selective. So, there's selectives and then there's electives. Uh, you only get one selective. What's a selective? A selective is each track has one selective. So it's one like elective rotation, but it's like forced. Like it's the one that's <laughs> picked for that track. So oh. like, and our, and actually Nova did a really good job of that. Nova offers a bunch. So like we have like burns, uh, plastic surgery, orthopedic surgery, anesthesia, radiology. Like they, we have a bunch of selectives. So obviously my advice would be if, if a selective is a field you you're interested in obviously pick that track even if it's like even if it even if another track may have a better schedule that you prefer a little bit more maybe go with that one because i think it is more important to like okay your exposure like if you get that rotation the third year it's super important because there's two things that are going to happen uh you're either going to have uh what happened to me which is what you do it and you realize nah i don't like it this isn't what i want to do or you do it and you realize you love it and this is what you want to do. And then that's perfect because you do it in your third year and then you could start gearing up for that year, the rest of the third year and your fourth year. So for me, uh, I picked track 24. I still remember that because I picked Kobe and I remember Kobe died a little bit before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, so I picked uh, track 24 a little bit for good luck, but also a little bit because it just was good for me. It matched. Uh, and it had anesthesia as a selective, which anesthesia was. So uh, first off, for you guys that don't know me, I'm a fourth-year medical student. My name is Daniel. I'm applying to radiology right now. Uh, but initially, uh, anesthesia was actually my favorite. And if it wasn't for that selective, it would have been a huge deal because I got to do anesthesia in my third year, and I got to see that I hated it. Honestly, all I like, what medical school taught me that. Did you hate it? Like, my, did let you me really not use hate, hate it. It is a strong word, yeah. <laughs> but I definitely didn't enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. I just realized I don't like the OR. I just don't like the OR. Uh, uh, so point is, it's really point is picking a, a, a selective for something you're interested in is important because it can give you a head start or it can show you, like me, that you just don't like that field, period, and you want another field. So... Uh, Definitely pick a selective you like. And and then I guess another thing that you really sh- sort of should keep in mind when you're picking your, your track is just to try to pick like a track that requires the least amount of driving. Because, you know, if, if you live near Nova and you're picking a Kendall, uh, if you're picking a track that has like three rotations at Kendall, uh, then you know that's going to be three to four months that you're going to have to be driving an hour a day. And against traffic. Or and you, more. Yeah, or more because there's a lot of traffic going down that way. Uh, so just keep traffic in mind in consideration a little bit too. Um, and try to do, like I said, I didn't do this, but try to do surgery and I am a little bit earlier since those are harder. Uh, and ooh, I think another thing to keep in consideration is if you if you are interested in that field, and it's like one of the core fields, like OB-GYN, for example, then maybe try to pick it a little bit later on because then you're more warmed up and you'll be more confident and, and you'll, there's probably a higher chance you got a letter of rec. Like if you want to do OB-GYN and you do OB-GYN as your first rotation, it may not be as good as, like you may not be sound as uh, clinically intelligent and stuff as if you did it at the end. So that's something else to keep in mind too if you're trying to get like a letter of rec during your third year. Uh, but I don't know, Cutie, do you have any other things that i can think of for picking your schedule and stuff like that i don't think so i think i guess just try to pick whatever works best for you yeah. uh, and don't don't try to argue with nova about changing your schedule because it won't work yeah <laughs> you're gonna lose that battle just, just take it yeah just take it um so OBGYN, what to expect i'll be going okay yeah so obstetrics and gynecology was <laughs> yeah that was my first rotation, actually. Uh, and, yeah, what to expect. Uh, that was a pretty... I actually really enjoyed that rotation. Uh, Dr. De Leon, Rolando De Leon is amazing. Uh, you actually saw him. He was outside walking there. What? <laughs> that was him, yeah. Super duper nice guy. Uh, he uh, works at Mercy, so I never really got to work with him, but he was the director of the course, and... Uh, super fair grader, uh, fair of the the like the OSCE you have to do at the end of the year, at the end of the course, the month. That's the one that you went to when you were sick. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think so. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, OB guy course. I used U World mainly for studying and boards and beyond. Just watch the boards and beyond videos on that section. I know it's not, I, you know, and then another thing to consider is Anki. And, you know, for, for, I, on my last video, I talked a lot about Anki and how good it was for fundamentals and how good it was for step one. 
But I actually feel Enki was not that useful for the core clerkships. I think its use ran out. Because Enki is mainly good for memorizing like hard little nuggets of information. But I feel like step two now becomes more just like uh, remembering algorithms. Which I didn't f like like algorithms, how to treat patients. Like if, if this happens, then what do you do? All right. And then if, if this happens, then what do you do? <laughs> and I feel like Anki wasn't as helpful for that. So I actually, I, I don't think me personally, I wouldn't recommend Anki for the core clerkships. But I know some people would. Me, I just did my, like I said, this is something I said last podcast too about studying day one. So the day, day one of OB-GYN, I figured out like how I should be splitting up the videos. And I watched my, you know, one to two videos a day. I did my, I'm pretty sure I only did like 10 questions a day and that's it. Like if, as long as you do it from day one. I did my 10 to 15 questions a day and I was done with UWorld by the end of the month, uh, OB-GYN questions. And I think I got like in the high 80s. I got in the high 80s in all of mine, just doing that. So I think uh, anybody who's listening, if you just watch Boards of Beyond, um, do your UWorld questions, that should already give you like around an 80. Uh but then now going like to actual more helpful tips to succeed and excel in the rotation. Uh, for for us, at least where I was, I don't know if it's still like that, but OB-GYN was one of the few rotations where you worked with the attending. Like you, so, and when you guys do your third year, you're going to see like most of the time you're just with the residents and you don't really get to be with the attendings as much. Uh, for me, my OB-GYN rotation, I was with Dr. Neil Salas who's amazing. I don't know if Dr. Salas will ever see this, but if he does, he's amazing. <laughs> Love you, Dr. Salas. You're the best. Uh, but yeah. I, um, um, yeah. So, uh, so going to actual helpful tips, I think the most important thing to do is, is even once again, even if you're not really interested in it, you have to seem really interested and motivated. So like if, if you go in, to ob guy and you're like mopey and they ask you if you like it and you're like yeah i guess it's pretty cool like it's gonna be hard to honor because people people want to be teaching especially something that they're passionate about like if you're working with ob guy he's done his whole life to that so like even if they like they, they have pride in that and they like they want to be with someone who's like wow like makes it like receptive, seem yeah. receptive and like seems like they're interested so definitely and this i'm gonna say this for every rotation but if you guys want to honor OB-GYN, most important thing is your attending that you're working with. Uh, really always be in the moment. Try to always be aware and like super attentive and just like you're having fun. If you're if you're there and and you're and and they feel like you're making them more stressed about the day or or, you, or you're impeding them or or decreasing their motivation in any way, I think it's be hard to honor. So definitely. Uh, you know, and even I would even say that mindset and just uh, and so in my class, I honored all my clerkships. And I would say that what helped me honor all my clerkships was mainly that it's just about being receptive. Yeah. Like I, even more than like they know you're not going to know a lot. And I was never another thing. I was never afraid, which is another good tip. Never be afraid to say an answer, even if you don't know it. Like I think attendings really respect someone who's afraid to admit their lack of knowledge or like give their best guess even if they don't know it so don't be one of those people that they ask a question they're like i don't know like like don't be one of the people who says i don't know everything that that's not good give your best guess uh it's better that they see that you don't know than they that then they think you don't care it's better for them to think you don't know than you don't care because you don't know eh, you're not really meant to know anyways at the beginning especially anyways 
So just do your studying, and, and you will know. If you study every day, like I told you, you're just going to see that you're going to know. Um, It'll come to you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then anything else? Uh, for the OB-GYN uh, thing, just, I guess if you're, if you're a male, get ready to be stepped out of the room a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the women aren't going to want you to be, understandably so, of course, aren't going to want you to be in the room. Uh, <clears throat> but overall, it was actually, I loved that rotation. I really loved my OB-GYN rotation. And I remember that... Uh, in my one month, though, I only did one vaginal birth. That's it. It's so beautiful. And it was beautiful, yeah. Uh, and the lady even had like a she had like a stage three tear, yeah. So like all the way to the anus, oh. yeah. Uh, and it was super bloody, but I and, but I got to deliver the placenta. That's pretty cool. Doctor Salas let me deliver the placenta, and he told me like he's like the next one. I'll let you deliver the baby, and then, then there never was the next one. <laughs> so. Uh, Another thing, uh, doing your rotations, I think even more important than studying and like like studying beforehand, like OB-GYN was my first rotation. So like before the rotation even started, I had like already watched all the videos, which I don't recommend. I don't think it necessarily helped. But, um, but I think more important is, uh, but I think most important is just... Uh, the most important question you should be asking yourself every day when you go to that rotation is, can I see myself doing this? That for me was like, always for me, the most important thing over studying over anything was getting a sense of how their lives were like. So like with OB-GYN, I saw that well, they have pretty good hours. Like my Dr. Sala, he was showing up at 8.30, leaving like at 4. It wasn't bad. But what I didn't like about it was that month I was there with him, he had like, like at least four or five like emergency late night calls that he had to like go at four in the morning or three in the morning wake up and deliver the baby and there was even one that he went and that then he i think he got like five minutes late and he didn't get paid <laughs> it's like, so it's like you woke up and you got out of bed for nothing so for me that whole like aspect of OB-GYN and the fact that like at the end of the day births are never gonna be predictable and that your life is always gonna be like like dr de leon was telling us that dr uh de leon he was talking about OB-GYN and selling us on that. He was saying it's how amazing OB-GYN was, and it is amazing. And But then he was telling us all the only annoying thing, though, is that you do have to be willing to sacrifice a little bit of your personal life. And he was talking about how, like, uh, one time that he was with his wife, and they were in the parking lot or something, like, of a wedding, and he got a call, <gasps> and that's it. They He had to go with his wife to the hospital, and his wife just waited in the car. And by the time he got out, the wedding was over. Mm. So it's like... so. I didn't like the idea of having to sacrifice my, like, and the unpredictability of the field and, like, having, like, I didn't like that long term. So, that, but see, it's important to ask your yourself questions like that. Uh, and taking everything into account, you can't just take, like, the field and what you have to take, like, even what the life of the field is like. For example, a lot of people love surgery, but when they see what the life of a surgical resident is like, then they change their minds because. It's a lot. Yeah. Because you could like something, but do you like the lifestyle? That's an important question, too. Uh, but, yeah, overall, uh, uh, all I can say is positive things about my OB-GYN rotation. Uh, I got to see a lot of C-sections. Uh, the doctors were all amazing. Uh, and overall, if you guys use the Boards and Beyond, if you use uh, if you use UWorld or Amboss, either one, you, you're going to be good. Uh, and definitely take the the MBME you know, practice exam that they give you like a like a I think they give you like one like a week before something like that. That's usually pretty predictive. Like I was getting pretty close to that, so use that to your advantage too.
And yeah, I guess that's all I have to say about my OB-GYN rotation, Kitty. What's PCM? Oh, that, that's my next rotation. That's my primary care medicine rotation. Oh, you, have to, yeah. you guys have too many. Ac- everything in medicine is acronyms. Yes. <laughs> CPR, BBB, Geiner. Oh, Lord. Uh, um, how could you ex- excel in this course? Yeah, so primary care is, if I'm not mistaken... It's the only other rotation that's pass fail. Is it pass fail or is it? No, I think it's honors still. No, it's honors and stuff. Uh, but uh, so this rotation I also honored. Uh, I there. Oh, there's no. That's what it is. There's no MBME exam at the end. Mm. So you don't really even have to study for this one. This one is it. So now it matters even more to just be helpful and important to the preceptors. So. Uh, this one I did at a clinic outside of Westside. Um, and once again, my main tips would be whoever you're working with, always be awake. Don't seem asleep or tired or like complaining or groggy. Like you always want to be in, in a good mood of be like if your doctor says, like with I worked with uh, Dr. Tatiana Boriziak and uh, on Wednesdays we would go with her to the to the, like the nursing home that's right next door and we would see patients at the nursing home too and like when the point is like when like if 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 they ask you like she would ask me or saying that like you have to be like oh of course i'd love to go for you <laughs> like you can never seem like like you're like no, about anything really. yeah exactly yeah and seeing patients and stuff uh once again as long as you seem like you're trying your best even if you're not doing good you're gonna honor and they're gonna respect you for trying your best so just always put your first foot uh, and always be talkative. That's another thing. Too many people are too quiet. Don't be afraid to talk if if they're like afraid of what you say. Because I don't know, they then it's gonna be harder for them to give you honors if they feel like they don't really know you or that you're like uptight that whole month. So I think be cool with them and they'll be cool with you. So like for primary care, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Your primary care thing was pretty close to Nova, right? Yeah, it would. Well, it was at Westside, so it was like twenty minutes north. But not not everybody's is gonna be. It, it's like a clinic right off Westside, but and everybody has different ones. So I don't think everybody's gonna be. But I think all offices are like within like 10, 15 minutes. minutes of Nova. Oh. Yeah, so they're pretty close. So what did you do there? Like, what, what were your responsibilities while you were in that one? Uh, yeah. So, um, in the primary care rotation. Pretty much your responsibility is just uh, so and where I got. I got there at the office like at 8.30. Uh, when the first, when the patients start going into the room, you just, you and the residents, like you'll go like one by one to see each patient. Uh, and then you, you do a quick history, a quick physical. Uh, you go back. That's also one of the few, one of the reasons I like this because it's one of the few rotations where you can chart. So now when you have access to this like uh, charting app, and uh, you're actually able to feel a lot more useful because you can actually like chart what you did and the whole encounter. Uh, so yeah, you just do the history physical chart and then you gr- t- grab the attending afterward, tell them you saw the patient and they go a few two minutes and you talk with them and do the whole. But I like it too because in that one, they'll, like, they'll ask you in front of the patient like, all right, so what should we do next? And things like that. So like it puts you on the spot, but it... Uh, Sounds horrible. Yeah. And then good news for everybody too. I don't know if it's like this in every place, but at least in mine, it was 8.30 to 12. So I was up by 12. So if you guys get the primary care next to the west side, you're going to be up by 12. 
And then going back to OB-GYN, I didn't even say what my roles were with OB-GYN. So with OB-GYN, uh, since you're working with the attendings, you don't really do much. You just follow them. Uh, and of course, you could practice a few uh, a few pap smears, stuff like that, uh, if, if, when, whenever you want. And if you ask the... Like it, it, the OB guy will also do it based on your interest. So like the, OB, the Dr. Salas I was working with, he knew I wasn't as interested in OB guy. So like he, I didn't like do every pap smear. I only did a few. But if, if you're like really interested, they'll let you do a lot if you ask or if you show interest, of course. Uh, but yeah, my roles, uh, just following the attending, going from room to room, hearing the histories. And then he would just like ask me, what is it they like to call it when they grill you? I forgot what they call it. Uh prepping is it prepping you whatever they he would do the questions I just ask you questions see what you know <clears throat> but uh that rotation also had pretty good hours since you're just of the attending so like on days that there weren't surgery it would be like 8 30 to 3 30 which is good and then on days where he did have surgery uh you just have to stay for the one surgery pretty much and then you could leave uh unless he has clinic in the afternoon but if he didn't, like there were some days where he just had a C-section like at 6.30 or 7.30. We do the C-section and that's it. And then he would just tell me to go home. So <clears throat> so overall, uh, OB-GYN and primary care medicine are two rotations that they're pretty good with the hours. Uh, you'll be pretty happy with the hours there. Uh, what were the skills that you had to do in the primary care office? Because you did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, so... I don't know about, and you do have to take, I think I had to take vitals on patients sometimes, but uh, never blood, I never had to take blood pressure thing once, <laughs> but uh, you are going to need to know how to do uh, vitals, and and if you go to the elderly clinic like I had to go to, uh, that's actually really cool. I would actually recommend that to anybody if you can. Uh, you're going to go like to an elderly nursing home on Wednesday. <clears throat> And then it's basically just you and Dr. Beriziak or whoever's going that day. It's just you and them, you two only, dealing with like 20 old, like literally like 100-year-old patients. Like the average patient age is like 100. <laughs> and you have to take their weight, take their height, uh, blood pressure, a bunch of stuff. And the cool thing is that she has a lot of patients that need vitamin B12 injections. And like she'll put like a, I, I think she will put like a star next to her name before they even went in there. So like you knew they needed to get a shot before you took them to the back room to see her. So that was really cool. That rotation, I got to do a lot of vitamin B12 shots and like practice that. Um, but pretty much if, and then for OB guy rotation, you do need to know how to do a pap smear and stuff like that. They're going to make you do at least one or two of those. Uh, for, but that's the, the attending is going to be with you, and that's no pressure at all. They'll, they'll, you're not expected to be a, a good at doing a pap smear, so <laughs> they'll help you with that. Uh, but, yeah, those are just some of the, some of the different uh, uh, like procedural, I guess, things you have to do in those two rotations. And then I'm, glad, I'm glad I gave everybody a little bit better understanding of like, what the expectations and responsibilities in those rotations are like. Yeah, I think if it's, like, your first or your second rotation, it's not like they're going to expect you to be perfect. Oh, yeah. So. No, no. I'm telling you, that's one thing. Like, the the whole reason, I, I can't remember what pimping, that's what they call it, pimping. Like, people always use the term, like, being pimped and stuff like that. I think that's a bad mentality to have. Like, I think even when you get an attending who asks you hard questions, and, like, I don't think it's a, number one, it's not a big deal if you know it. And, number two, I don't even, like, think it, it 
I think the only thing it says about them is that they're just interested in talking to you more and like seeing what you know. So I don't even think, don't ever think of pimping as a bad thing. Everything I prefer, I didn't, I actually enjoyed working with, I didn't enjoy working with the people that like just had me to the side and like didn't, like I liked being with attendings who pimped and asked questions because it usually meant they actually like cared more about you or maybe we're going to rate you higher. Uh, yeah, I think you just have to be eager to learn. So they see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's easier for them to do their job. So. Yeah, make their life easier and make them enjoy it a little bit more coming into work. Yeah. I think they literally enjoy it when they come in, when they come into work and they're like working with a med student who's like excited. It like helps them enjoy it a little bit. More. Yeah, I'm sure it reminds them of like how they were when they first started. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, like if if, if you. If you go into OB-GYN and it's like your first C-section and you're like acting bored in your first C-section, it's going to be hard to honor. Like, why would they want to give you honors if, if you can't even show them the decency like to be, and that but to be like motivated? pretty exciting, a freaking C-section. Yeah, yeah. So uh, definitely my biggest two for passing those courses is just being motivated and showing enthusiasm all the time that you're there. And uh, they're pretty easy courses to honors though. I don't think there'd be, although the OB-GYN exam is actually one of the harder ones because you need to know like fetal heart rate tracings and all that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, I would just stick with boards and beyond, guys. It's, OB-GYN is a little, probably one of the harder exams, but uh, but you should be you should be good at the rotation if you follow all those steps. Most important being, I'm telling you guys, is being, if you want to honor all your clerkships, like the number one thing I always focus on was just having a good relationship with, with an attending. Like if you could form a good relationship with your attending, and like where you could say a joke or something like or you could be like open to them about how you feel or or what you like or like you know like doing that if you can form that bond with them it's gonna be hard not to get honors like you can honor all your rotations because remember another thing for people who maybe are in their first or second year your evaluation is 35 to 45 percent of your grade so it's the majority of your grade so it's it's yeah it's it's a lot yeah so um so anesthesia that one was your selective yeah anesthesia is my selective yeah did you like that one no i didn't enjoy my anesthesia <laughs> rotation <laughs> although it wasn't bad i just didn't like anesthesia itself but uh yeah and uh i don't know if Anybody listening to this is interested in anesthesia, but I don't know. I just didn't enjoy it. Although I will say uh, if you are interested in anesthesia, uh, doing it at Kendall is actually really good because at Kendall, they give you a lot of autonomy. Like you're pretty much, which I liked and didn't like about the rotation because what I don't like about it is that literally day one, you're in the Kendall anesthesia. They go, all right, put on your, put on your scrubs and get ready. Uh, and you pretty much just find whatever resident you want uh, or whatever case you like and work in that case. Uh, but I remember the surgical scrubs yeah, from the vending machine yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to get the scrubs from the machine every morning. <clears throat> and you have to – anesthesia uh, – it's, it's, it's cool because, like I said, you do a lot. So, for example, uh, the average day there was like you get there at 5 a.m., uh, you, you are responsible for like helping your residents set up the, uh, the ventilator machine. Did you, oh no, that was for surgery. They would do like the consents and stuff, right? 
No, that would that was anesthesia. I would do that, mm-hmm. but it's the it's the anesthesia consent. So like you have to like do the whole like it's like an anesthesia form. I forgot the name of it. Maybe we shouldn't say that. No, no, no. But I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, oh. I'm allowed to. Yeah, it's like an anesthesia form that uh that, that like you out. have to do the whole nah, you have to do the whole Malampati score, uh, other scores like that. So I, the team I think TMJ scores what they call I don't know, but you have to take a bunch of scores and just about all their medications, their past medical history stuff like that. Uh, so you. So you set up the ventilator machine, then you go, you get the anesthesia consent, you do the whole malin potty score, all that, and then you just stick with the patient until the resident or the surgeon comes by or whatever, and then you're even the, you're the one that like undoes all the vitals and and transports the patients to the OR room. When then their OR room, you're the one that sets up all the vitals again. Uh, you're the one that even helps with like helping the resident intubate. You're like the one next to them. Uh, even sometimes you can intubate. Uh, and and even like even they'll let you be the one that like administers antibiotics like i had i was the one that like got the ansef and like shaked it in the vial and then administered it and and it was cool because you feel pretty useful uh but that being said i just didn't like anesthesia because i don't like the or that's what all i learned like i don't like yeah i don't like being in a cold room for three hours uh and then even like the residents they have to like uh they have to like constantly be writing down vitals and like everything like CO2 percent everything like every two minutes every three minutes so it's like a lot of so before they do the the anesthesia thing do you have to do like that OSA screening form OSA screening form no what is that like if they have sleep apnea or something oh maybe well I think OSA is important it's important to know before yeah but why like what is that going to change I think it affects their oxygenation status and stuff like that, and they're like carb and their like carb carb load their their carbon load and stuff like that c o two load uh I also even think it affects uh intubation itself because usually people who have like o s a and stuff like that they have like uh meaty ma- like meaty like big meaty <laughs> necks and big tongues and like they are hard to intubate usually mm, yeah. that makes sense yeah. okay like my dad. <laughs> my dad is like a Malin potty score zero. He's like, you don't see nothing. <laughs> and then they also help, like they let you prepare medications, right? Like mix them and stuff yeah, besides and antibiotics. Oh, uh, yeah. They'll let me like fetch it for them. Sometimes that's about it. And like from the machine, from the Pixis or whatever. I think it's called Pixis, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends what hospital you're at. But yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah then anesthesia rotation is good. It, and it's it also good because it, it's a good way to see whether or not you like the OR room. I mean, you're going to figure out in surgery, but that was already, like, for me, like, an early indication that I do not enjoy OR work and that although procedures are fun, for me, they get a little bit repetitive, and I don't really care about procedures that much either. Did you even so. go to do um, <clears throat> epidurals and stuff? Uh, Yeah, but it was my ob guy week, and at Kendo, there was, like, nobody, so I think I only saw, like, two. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And then for peds? Well, first, one thing I do want to say, anesthesia is pass-fail. So pretty much as long so all the selectives are pass-fail. So for selectives, as long as you show up, and once again, we sound like broken records, but and be good and have a smile, you're going to be all right. So for peds, um, that was one of the ones that was harder for you, I feel. I just feel like kids in general, it's just, you know, the doses and everything is just different, so... Yeah, peds. 
Once again, some people like peds, but I did not enjoy peds. <clears throat> I don't like working with little kids. And yeah, everything is like different. Even everything you need to know for exams is so much. It's like its own little world. Uh, yeah, because everything is based on weight and the age and... Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I didn't enjoy peds. Uh, although I don't have the rotation they are, are going to have. So actually, I, I can't really help you guys with this one. Um, my rotation was in the kendo emergency room. And it was pretty bad. I only saw like two, three patients a day. I was there for like nine hours and we'd only oh, see like wow. three days. It's really empty. Uh, so I definitely think, you know, there were a lot of people in my class like that when they found out that our school had set up the thing of Namors, they weren't like that happy at, of, about Why? it. Uh, because now they have to go to Orlando and stuff like that for a month. Oh, but me, when I right. when I heard that, I thought it sounded amazing. Like for all you guys, even if you don't like peds and like you're thinking badly about this, I think it's really cool. The Namor's Hospital is beautiful. It's a super beautiful hospital. You have a, like a, a hotel or whatever they. They get a free in. hotel with a queen bed it's or a king free? bed. Yeah, school pays for it. What? And it's a, and it's walking distance from the hospital. That's amazing. And you can have pets. Even better. So so for for anybody who's doing that, I think that's really amazing and exciting number one you get to go somewhere where there's actually peds residency so for anybody who's actually interested in peds that's a super good opportunity uh, and and our our classmates a lot of them went to other hospitals like uh i forgot there was one really palms palm west or something like that and they did not have the best peds experience so trust me you guys are getting it a lot better at namors <laughs> and i wish i got to go to there it looks really cool but uh, yeah, mine was really empty. I'm, I mean, I, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't get that good of a peds uh, education. Exposure. Yeah, exposure. Thank God that, that I'm not interested in it at all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall, my view, uh, kids are beautiful, but they're really annoying. And I'm glad other people like working with them. It's just hard because <laughs> kids, like, especially when they're little, they, they can't tell you, oh, this is what hurts me or this is what's bothering yeah. me. Yeah. So you kind of just have to do everything and figure it out yourself. Yeah. And then the other hard thing is that then you, they're coming in with that left ear pain and you want to look in their left ear and they don't let you. Oh my God, <laughs> yes. And then, you know, for the most part, parents are usually um, cooperative, but sometimes you get those people that it's like, no, please, like they don't like that or whatever, but mm, it's like. The ones you, that like baby their little kids. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's for their best interest. Yeah. And then drawing blood from little kids is a nightmare. Oh my god, that's so horrible. I had to hold, I had to hold down little kids all the time while the nurses had to get the blood. I saw them taking blood one time from a little baby, and it was just like, you just get drops. I don't know. It looked really painful. And then like the tourniquet is so tiny, and their little foot turns like super bright red or purple, and, yeah. and I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like peds either. I'm glad that I'm glad that I wasn't interested in peds. But that being said, uh, the the direct the course director was great. She was always super nice. Uh, for peds, though, uh, once again, I can't really help you guys as much because it's different other your name was. But for us, it was once again the the chief th most important thing was just making a good relationship with the tenant you worked with. Uh, now that you guys are with residents, make a good relationship with the residents. Appear to be a hard worker. Don't ever give them the vibe that you're a complainer or chill and. And just try to enjoy it. And don't let the screaming kids get to you too much. And then this one has a NBME test exam, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so primary care medicine and your selective are the only ones that don't. This one does. And if I remember, it's really hard. 
if I remember correctly, peds is really hard, especially because when you're studying peds uh, in boards and beyond, if I'm not mistaken, like the lectures are all over the place because like you need to know like some surgical ped stuff, but then that's like in the surgery part or you need to know like like some like topics are, are spewed about a little bit more and you have to like go video hunting to like get all everything you need to know. So that's something to keep in mind with peds. Uh, but yeah, overall, not not a bad rotation. Did you use UWorld or something for peds? Uh, yeah. No, yeah, I used UWorld. Yep, UWorld on that one. Okay, so you had a year. Which school gives you guys. The, yeah, exactly. School gives us, I think, it, yeah, it's a whole year, right, Kitty? I think so. School think gave a us year. a whole year access to UWorld. So definitely do it in a way that you activate it like, like, I don't know, either right before your first clerkship or like halfway through. I think I did it. I activated my like halfway through my first clerkship. And then like it lasted me the whole year and I was able to use it for a lot for everything. So I'll try to do that too. Um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, there, there, def there was an exam and the PEDS one was pretty hard. But I think once again, just doing what I've been telling you guys before. Study from day one. Study from day one. One, one to three boards and beyond videos a day. And you're 10 to 20 uh, U-World questions a day. And you're going to be golden on this one too. Uh, yeah, I, I highly believe that. Okay, so the next one that we have from your track is I am. Mm -hmm. Where did you do your I am? So I also did my I am rotation at Kendall. Yeah. You had two in a row in Kendall. Yeah, mm -hmm. thank God, because for me that's five minutes away, so I love it. <laughs> but, uh, so for this one, what can you expect? Yeah, so... Like I said at the beginning, guys, when you're picking out your schedule, try to get IM out of the way early because it is a pretty tough one. How long is it? It's eight weeks. So every course except for surgery and IM is four weeks. Surgery and IM are the only uh, eight-week courses, so it's two blocks. And it feels like forever. Why are those so long? They're long because they're also the most important ones, especially IM. IM is like, even on the step two, IM is like 50 to... I might even say 70% of step Jesus. one. Like, I am is everything. Uh, but in your IM rotation, once again, study early. The only thing now is that it's such a long course that you may, like, forget. So you may have to, like, you may have to do your 10 to 20 year old questions every day. And then, like, at the end, like, once you finish the year old questions, try to, like, repeat them. And, like, the last two weeks, try to do, like, 50 a day, something like that, just so you're, uh, so you're like, you're warmed up. Because intermental medicine is so much that, like, you forget. It's way too much about everything. Um, and then... And it's broad. Yeah, it's broad. Yeah, it's the most. And, and, and internal medicine is actually really fun. But so, uh, once again, though, my tip for honoring internal medicine, definitely about positivity and showing, like, you really enjoy being there. That's what's going to help you honors. And uh, as for the daily, how it looked like, at least at Kendall, uh, it was pretty much show up at six in the morning or six thirty in the morning. Uh, see your patients. You'll usually have like two, three patients. Uh, so you see them. Just read the charts. See like any lab results that came in the night before, stuff like that. And then you go talk to them. Uh, do a quick little history and physical, and then you meet up back with your resident. And then you just wait to round. And then rounding it will usually be like at 9.30. You round with the attending. 
who's usually going to be a really cool, chill Cuban. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm telling you guys, if I could recommend any, Kendo is amazing. Like Kendo, internal medicine or anything you do with Kendo is so chill. So, uh, yeah, you'll get a chill doctor who's going to ask you for, like, to explain the patient when you're at his door. And then halfway through your case presentation, he's going to go, okay, and tell you that's enough. <laughs> so, uh, so don't worry about those being uh, too annoying. Intense. Yeah. Although I don't know how it is at other hospitals. Like, I'm going to do now my sub-eye at, uh, at Northwest. So I'll, I'll be able to compare the internal medicine there to, to Kendall. But Kendall's is definitely really chill. Uh, and then you go to uh, noon conference from 12 to 2, which you do have to present in sometimes. Like, there, I think I have to do, like, three presentations, actually. Like, your group basically presents almost every other week and when they present like you need to be there to help them present but uh yeah i am was the, just that eight weeks uh you're 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 staying in the same group at least in kendo so you're like group a the whole time but the residents are rotating around you so like every i think two weeks you get a new chief resident and every four weeks you get new uh first year or second year residents so uh so that's good too, though, because then you get to work with more of them and just I don't know, get more more opportunities to get a good evaluation. Did it make a difference, like what year they were in residency? Yeah, huge difference. Uh, for number one, just obviously just general knowledge. Obviously, like a senior resident is like the big dog, and they do like it is crazy to see like how much more a senior resident or even just a second year resident knows than like a first year. Like you learn so much so quick. Uh, so senior residents are like the geniuses who handle all the problems. <laughs> and then the the interns are... The, what are interns? They're the first-year residents. Oh. Yeah. And something else to keep in mind, everybody, when you're like thinking about who's going to do your evaluation, is that an intern cannot write your evaluation. It has to be a senior resident. So like I said, that was another good thing about switching up because uh, switching up senior residents, that gives you opportunity like to to vibe with with maybe like more opp- more chances that you vibe with a resident. And then once you find that resident you vibe with or the two re- two or three that you vibe with, you you email for your evaluations to be sent to them. Uh and yeah, so you basically you can decide who writes your evaluations. Uh, all of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And don't be afraid guys. I had one evaluation that was written by me by a lady I had never met before in my life. And I told the school, like, I had never worked with this person and they got the eval removed. So if you get, like, an evaluation from some random name and it's, like, all average ratings. Speak up. Yeah, speak up. Because that's the, yeah, exactly. And that's 45% of your grade. So don't don't just, like, don't just be like, oh, I'll just do good on this test because, no, it's going to hold you back big time. So definitely don't be afraid to speak up if, if you feel like you have an evaluation that's. Not the one that it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for I am, did they let you do skills or it was like mostly just phys- um, histories and stuff? Uh, no, I don't think I did any like skill things in I am. In I am, it was mainly just, yeah, histories and physicals, uh, and just presenting it. Pretty much your only responsibility was your presentation to your attending. So you had to see your patients because if you didn't, then your presentation was going to be very good. But just your presentation, and then I don't even know if I finished saying this. It, then you have the noon conference from twelve to two. That sometimes you have to help. Mm-hmm. You have to help present those sometimes, and then you usually leave right after though. So I am uh, Kendall was really beautiful because it's it's six to two. You're pretty much out at two or three. You don't really have to stay with the residents for call, although you know I don't know if they're gonna change or how that's changing. But at least that's how it was when I did it. 
as of as of you guys hearing it and this one um doesn't have the nvme so at least you have time to i mean obviously still Wait, what do you mean i doesn't have nvme it doesn't I, no i am does have NBA. oh primary care has primary it, care doesn't have it yeah <clears throat> yeah but i feel like regardless you should still be doing something to study oh yeah from day one yeah really guys you have to be studying from day one that's the most important thing by far but, so for this nbme how do you prepare for that one uh boards and beyond again uh and you world yeah and honestly i would even say guys the moment you pass step one, the most important thing becomes UWorld and Amboss. Like, I think even studying for clerkships, like, 70% of my studying was just doing questions. Like, if you guys watch, like, the questions are, I, I don't know what it is about, like, I didn't feel the questions were as helpful the first two years, and like, studying for step one. But for step two, like, you can really get away with just doing questions, and you could score higher than 80% on pretty much every exam. And but, then... Uh, um for for your step two when you had to use amboss was it like because your school didn't provide the other one or they always provided both but they just stopped um no yeah world? no our school just gave us one year free of the u world so if you use that one year free that's it you're done so i used that one year free and then and then yeah for step two i had to download amboss and but the school does give you amboss free i don't know how long it is for though i think it's only like three months free something like that so, uh, yeah, I used UWorld for step one, Amboss for step two. Uh, although I really liked Amboss, I did technically score worse than the step two. So I got a 253 step one, 258 step two, which two, that's not, like I think percentile-wise, that's a decent drop per, percentiles. So even though my score is higher, it's actually worse. Uh, and I used Amboss. So I feel like even though Amboss made me feel more prepared, I guess going by the results, it looks like U World was a little better. I think it's the structure of the questions yeah. for U World that makes it so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say stick with Amboss. I mean, stick with U World. Although, honestly, Amboss, like I said, is no slouch and it's actually really good. So if you're stuck with Amboss, don't view it like, oh no, I'm stuck with Amboss. I'm, I'm wrecked. No, you could still do really good with Amboss. And in fact, people that did the best in our class used Amboss. So. <laughs> Um, and then the next long one that you had was surgery. Yeah. See that, that, that going back to schedule, why picking schedule is important. I had, I am in surgery back to back, which I don't know if I'd recommend. That was pretty rough, but, uh, <clears throat> it's a rough four buds. Yeah. And, uh, surgery I did at Northwest and surgery is rough guys. Surgery lives up to its name. Uh, if, you like surgery, then you may, may find it enjoyable. But if you don't like surgery, then you're definitely not going to find it enjoyable. <laughs> but uh, that being said, you do learn a lot, though. And it is pretty cool being in the ORs uh, and rounding on your patients in the mornings. Like going back to like that you were saying procedural work, uh, cutie, you do a lot of like more. Although I don't even know if you call it. I don't know what you'd call it. I guess a procedure. I guess it would be a procedure. No, but like. Uh, changing the dressings, uh, getting the, I can't even remember what you call the, the JP drains, uh, uh, getting the JP drains, drains and milking them, yeah, and cleaning them and, and talking to the nurses in the morning and finding out how many millimeters of drainage and the type of drainage it was. Uh, that was pretty fun. I actually enjoyed the morning, even though, but surgery, you got to be there at 5 a.m. 
or 5.30. So that obviously was not enjoyable. Uh, it, it, it all depends on your resident. Like I had some, re- like that's the thing with all these rotations. Like if you get stuck with a bad resident, like I had some weeks in surgery where I was with this really nice resident who like she allowed me to get to like at 6.30, which is beautiful or 6. But then I had other resident that like at 5.30, she was already messaging me like expecting my histories to be done. So like it's it really changes. At 5.30, she <clears throat> wanted your histories to be done? Oh yeah, she was obnoxious. Oh yeah, she was horrible. So what time were you supposed to get to the hospital five. and ask sleeping patients? Five. She wanted me there at five and like they're done by five thirty second because she even liked running, but me and her before with attending and then running like she was, was really bad. So, uh, yeah. And I don't even what would be my advice if you get stuck with a bad resident? My it's, not, it's not bad. It's just someone you don't get along with um, or someone that wants to make your life rough, which you're going to get probably one of. I mean, just take it for what it is. You know, you're there to learn whatever. You have to deal with people that aren't going to be the easiest in life. So just yeah. take it. Just do it. Make the best of it. Mm-hmm. Don't be disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Do what they ask of you. Mm-hmm. But be finding out ways that you can work with someone else who could evaluate you, though. Because you cannot be you, like, like if I was stuck with one resident, he was tough. Like, I, I would find a way to get out of there to get someone who's nice to evaluate me. Like, yeah. I don't know, like. Don't don't ever have someone evaluate you who you have that feeling they're not going to like evaluate you good because you're probably right and they're probably not going to evaluate you good. And then your chance of honoring is going to go to Zippo. So uh, definitely put importance into that. Yeah, you're supposed to show off in these things, mm-hmm. at least to get the honors or whatever. You're supposed to, you know, show that you're what you're capable of. So mm-hmm. yeah, but, find uh, someone who's going to, you know, um recognize you for it yeah um yeah just your surgery rotation uh like i said you're gonna see the patients really early then you're gonna uh see them again of the resident and then usually like starting already at 7 30 you'll have your first surgery of the day and you pretty much just go in from surgery to surgery the rest of the day and when you're not on surgery you're just checking up on your pre-op or post-op patients seeing how they're feeling uh and then at the end of the day you want to check up on all your patients again see how they are and uh, in between all that and just staying on surgeries and the fact that surgeries always get added on late, you'll probably leave like a, so you'll get there like a five and you'll probably leave like a five or six every day. Or sometimes as late as seven or eight. Like every Friday I was leaving like at eight. Yeah, I remember uh, one day we were supposed to do something yeah. and I was asking where you were. It was for my sister's husband's birthday. Yeah. And it was like seven o'clock and I think you said that you were... Getting into about surgery. About to start a surgery. Yeah. yeah, it was a Friday, and it was already like 7 or 8, right, like you said. And I started a bilateral mastectomy with the surgeon. And then even after he left, he's like, oh, Daniel, why don't you stay for the plastic surgery part? So then I had to stay for, like, the breast reconstruction and the plastic surgeon, like, putting the breast implants, which was another two hours. And I left, like, at 10 or something like that that day. Um so yeah, it's soldier. Going back to what I said about the, the to, about the soldier mentality, you definitely have to have that during surgery. Like I, I specifically remember since day one of surgery, like I entered that whole mindset of like, don't ever, don't get, don't ever expect to leave early. Uh, if it's four thirty and you think you're about to leave, and then another surgery gets added on, and you have to stay till seven, like you have to just accept it and like don't Move think about on. it too much, because there's gonna be a lot of times in surgery where like you think you're gonna go home and then you're not, and a lot of times where you're 
not doing anything for hours. So uh, just get ready for that. Yeah. Uh, and as for tips for studying for surgery, uh, boards and beyond, uh, it's mainly internal medicine. Like when you're studying surgery, and that was one good thing about having internal medicine before. Like a lot of the, it, most of surgery is, uh, has to do with internal medicine one way or another. Uh, so if you know, if you do internal medicine before surgery, that will help you out a lot. Uh, and if you watch like internal medicine board beyond videos, that should help a lot too. And, uh, yeah, so hours, we talked about the hours, we talked about residents, we talked about valuations. Uh, psych. Yeah, I think that's it for surgery, right? Yeah, I think it's time to move on to psych. Where did you do your psych rotation? Yeah, so, uh, so psych I did at Woodmont, uh, which I think is a, like 20 minutes north of, of Nova. So it was a pretty decent drive for me since I'm in Kendall. But for you guys, it, it won't be too bad. And I actually really liked it. A lot of people in our class like psych. Psych was one, I think psych even this year is one of the specialties that's like being most applied to. Wow. Uh, I, I think it's even growing for, for nurse practitioners too. Like a lot of people are doing their, they want to be um, NPs for, for psych. Yeah, yeah. Now, number one, it's a cool field. Uh, has a good lifestyle, pays good. So psych has a lot of interesting things going its way. Um, and then the rotation itself I like because, so when you're at Woodmont, the way it works is it's split up into four weeks. So you're going to have, oh, which by the way, one thing I'm just going to mention quick. For surgery at West Side, it's, so surgery is two months. It's one month at Northwest and the other month at West Side. So it's one month at each hospital. And the month at Northwest is a lot chiller than the month at west side the month at west side is the month where you guys are going to be there like all day and all night uh but uh but yeah going back to psych um uh, uh it was at woodmont uh it was pretty chill uh we would get there like at 7 30 so decently early uh and then you're either you're on one there's four different stations you're assigned to so you switch every week one week it's the peds, so you didn't go follow the kid. Oh my god! You know, yeah, which is pretty cool because it's not like, it's not like little issues. No, it's like it's like serious stuff. So it's like kids who are being Baker acted or who try killing themselves or oh my god, how horrible. they're like yeah or like one was a kid who like threw a brick at his little baby brother, one month old baby brother. So I like could have killed him. So the mom had to like get him out of the house because he could have killed his baby brother. Uh, but you'll see sad stuff like that, but cool stuff too. And it's also cool because. It's the histories are more like a conversation too, so that makes it cooler too. Like you're literally figuring, trying, going into their psyche and like why they did stuff and, like and they're not talking accurate to them, so sometimes, cool. right? Well, psych is more of an art than a science. Yeah, I would say. Like the no, no, I'm saying like when you would ask people about themselves, maybe they would make stuff up. Oh yeah, obviously they lie a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah crazy. Yeah, but uh, you, you do so you do one week with the peds. Uh, then you do one week in like the regular like admitted psych floor and then you do another week in like the severe like the serious psych floor which is the, for me was the coolest one that's like the one where you like go into the where you go into like one of those big room like big areas that they show like in movies where like it's all the people and they all look like and they're all like I don't know like staring at walls or singing and dancing like doing crazy things so it was pretty cool being like like something like that that looks like out of a movie like with all that uh, and then obviously the stories are crazy, like the people who are schizophrenic and think and the government's chasing them and they have all these crazy stories 
or the people who are manic and think they're God or think they're the golden dragon. <laughs> like I have one patient who thought he was the golden dragon, that he was invincible. So psych was actually really cool. Uh, and it's also probably the easiest to study for. Uh, studying for psych, just watch your boards and beyond videos, do your 20 questions a day. And it's pretty like, like it's pretty hard to um, confuse schizophrenia with something else. <laughs> Although the whole schizophrenia form and all those things can be a little confusing. But if you study, you're going to be good of psych. Uh, and yeah, so uh, you're on the floors and average day, you get there at 730. Uh, you round, see your patients and you're actually out of there by like one. So psych rotation was another cool one. Uh, 730 out by one and you felt like you learned a lot and you, you don't feel like you're there uselessly or needlessly, better said. So I, I really enjoyed that about psych. So psych was a rotation I actually really enjoyed. Uh, yeah. So for psych, they, the NBME, would you say you had more time to study for it, to prepare for it, since you would get out early? Yeah. I mean, I would say, yes, psych, even IM, uh, PEDS, although I don't know how PEDS is going to be a name more. You have a lot of time to study. Um, OB-GYN and surgery are a little bit harder, especially surgery. Surgery, you don't really have much time to study. But like I said, if you studied internal medicine, then that helps you a lot of surgery. But yeah, surgery, you guys are going to see, you're going to be really tired and not want to study that much. It's rough. You guys are there for yeah, more than 12 hours. Yeah, it's exaggerated. It's really exaggerated. Um, so for surgery, um, U-World. Yeah, okay. U-World. Yeah, U-World. No Anki. Don't do Anki. Uh and yeah, more. Uh, and then once again, if you want to honor surgery, just seem interested. Uh, find surgeons who you think like you and would write a good th thing for you. Like I remember in, in my surgery clerkship, I had a few attendings that I didn't think were going to give me, like, I don't know, I didn't think they're giving me the best uh, ratings, but I had one that I had worked with. But even though I had worked with her less, she was very nice and felt like she would just be more, I don't know, just know who you're asking for an evaluation. Don't ask someone for an evaluation who, like, you know is going to give you straight threes and make it impossible. But, uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think that's it for surgery. And, and always, guys, remember that when you're doing these rotations, that pretty much r rounds up all the core clerkships. When you're doing all these core clerkships, that, like I said, the most important thing you should be asking yourself is, like, if you could see yourself doing that field. Like, I asked myself that with every single field. And with every single field, I had to come up with reasons why I couldn't see that field. Like, OB-GYN was the whole, you know... The whole how late it was, uh, like the whole unpredictability of your schedule, I didn't like. Uh, primary care medicine was actually really good. I just didn't like that. Um, I don't know. I didn't like that we were like, like we were just like the intro service and like we were the ones sending them out to them. I don't know. I didn't enjoy that as much. And like we're more like preventative medicine. I just didn't yeah. find that as enjoyable, but it wasn't bad. Uh, uh, anesthesia, I just learned I hated the OR. <laughs> so I couldn't do anesthesia or surgery because I don't like the OR. I don't like the work-life balance. I feel like it's too much. Uh, and uh, peds, I just didn't like little kids. Uh, Not that you don't like little kids. You didn't like working with <laughs> sick children. Yeah, I don't like working with sick children, I guess better said. And uh, psych was actually really good. And I think a lot of you guys, uh, first, second years or third years who haven't done psych yet, I think you guys are all going to like psych. Psych is like universally liked by everybody it's just an enjoyable rotation it's because it's like what you said it's like what you see in movies so you're getting to see it firsthand so it's yeah. a little crazy mm -hmm. yeah and it's cool yeah 
I just think, yeah, the day behavioral issues are like the coolest. I don't know. It's just really cool. But uh, yeah, guys, that's just a little bit uh, what you guys can expect of all your core clerkships uh, in third year. And that's pretty much summarizes third year. Uh, so maybe other things to consider third year is like stuff like doing research. Uh, honestly, guys, it also depends what field you want to go into. Because for a lot of things... Uh, extracurriculars like like research and stuff aren't as important like I'll tell you now for in all my radiology interviews I haven't been asked about one of my research projects uh, so I definitely th would prioritize academics especially since you have the step two and that for you guys a lot is going to write on the step two it has so much more weight now so I would just be studying hard because I'm telling you guys at even for the step two, I had like six weeks to study and I didn't really feel like that was enough. And I had a lot of my classmates too who didn't feel like that was enough. Step so two? Yeah, so there's like that whole saying of uh, two moms for the step one, two weeks for the step two, and two pencils for the step three. I think that's a lie. I would actually even say the step two might be harder than the step one. I feel like it would be too because in the first year, you actually have those classes. Like you're, you're actively going to to class where yeah. they're teaching you and explaining everything yeah, to the you. Yeah, the whole second year, if you're not learning, you won't learn anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like you're you're on your own. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't know if it's because I didn't do Anki and stuff, but I don't know if I, if I would recommend it, though, because I don't know anybody who did Anki the second year. But uh, other than maybe like a few Anki. But yeah, it's... Yeah, it's a, it's, I, would, I wouldn't focus on research and stuff like that unless it's, like I said, a really competitive field. Uh, but anything like anesthesia, stuff like that, internal medicine, even general surgery, focus on RPEDs, OB-GYN. I say focus on uh, academics more so than research. Uh, although research, of course, is a huge proponent too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm just a little bit, I've always been a little bit anti-research. <laughs> but uh it's yeah. just you have a lot going on in medical school already yeah. to add another thing. But I guess for some people, it's easier. Maybe they're into that stuff. Mm. Um, but for step two, you just used Amboss. And you watched videos. I just can't remember what they were for. Yeah. So, one, well, okay. So one thing we should get into. Uh, right after you take your last rotation, you're going to have a little bit of a break. And then it's a break, but I think we also have like a class, like a two-week class, but I can't remember it. But, and then I think you have the option to take the step two right away. Like you could plan it out to take the step two right away, or you can take a break and take some electives first. I took the, no, I took an electives first, so I didn't take the step two right away. And I actually big time regret that because you're going to have to take two months off. So you're going to take two rotations off that you could have been doing electives. Versus if you do the step two right away, then number one, you could be studying beforehand. Number two, the two weeks off, you could be studying. And then that whole month that you have for the step one, you could be studying. So it ends up being like six weeks of studying, which is good enough for the step two. So I would way recommend that over taking an elective and then taking two months off to study for the step two. Um, because you, you're not gonna be able to take six weeks off or something like that, unless you pick a two week course on Vislo, if you're able to find one, but, but I wouldn't risk it. I would take the step two right away. Uh, 
especially because like we like we said it is a lot of information like you forget right away like i took radiology first and i had like i basically had like two months off where i wasn't studying at all and it was the step two was pretty hard for me and the beginning the curve like like there's always that curve of like learning and you're not scoring and then once you start like you pass a threshold and then you're the mojo of it yeah exactly like getting that mojo with step two takes takes some time it's pretty hard I think it's also because you're tired because you're like, man, I just took the step yeah, one. Yeah. That thing was super yeah. intense. Yeah. Now you've just had a break from your classes and you just have to kind of reinforce everything else. Yeah. yeah that's one thing. Uh, I don't know if it's because I went so hard with step one, but I think a lot of my classmates had this too. Like you just like lose uh, almost even your ability like to study hard for prolonged periods of times that like, you're going to see if you're you're not going to go nearly as hard for your step two as you went for your step one. Like, even if you want to, it's going to be... Although for you guys, you might because you're not going to go as hard for step one. I keep forgetting, yeah. But for me, I went so hard for step one that I, I couldn't go as hard for step two. And I felt like that hurt me a little bit. But I think you were making the active decision to not be so consumed by it. That is true. I did make that active decision, yeah, because I did feel like step one completely took over my life. And... uh it's going to happen a lot of you guys too. A lot of you guys are going to be, uh, I mean, that's something that a lot of us in medical school share similarity that we all have that thing of being unable to relax unless we know everything. So I'm sure it's going to happen a lot of you guys too, where you're going to be studying for the step one or the step two and you're not going to be able to stop because you're going to be like, Oh my God, there's only a month away and I still don't know anything. So, but, um, but yeah. And then going back to helpful resources when studying for the step two, uh, you, I used Amboss, but UWorld is good too. Uh, and other than that, Boards and Beyond, uh, I did not use First Aid at all. I did not use Sketchy at all. I did not use Pathoma at all. I pretty much only used those two resources. Uh, but that being said, I, I, like I said, I did score worse. I got like 80th percentile on this one versus what I did in my other one. So, or a little you bit less. You did good though. Yeah, I did pretty good. But, um. Uh, yeah. Um, and for your electives, which, like, what should you consider when you're picking your electives? Mm. Yeah. So, okay. So when you guys finish your third year, now comes the whole process of picking electives. So I think in total we have, how many electives can we pick? And we, we have starting in August is fourth year, right? I think August was the first month of fourth year. Uh, so there's three different ways you could pick electives. You can pick through uh, eMedley, which has like the list of electives within our school and like the hospitals associated with our school. And it has also has like the list of non-clinical electives. Like for example, this one right now that I'm taking, this is the MedCast elective for anybody who's interested, uh, which is a two or four week course. And you just do podcast, uh, two podcasts if you pick the two week one, four podcasts if you pick the four week one. Uh, but uh yeah, you could start picking in August, and uh, that's one way you can pick through eMedley. Another way you can do it is through Clinician Nexus, which is going to take you to all the electives offered by HCA, uh, which is cool. You can see all the ones by different hospitals and stuff like that and pick whatever elective you want. And then the third one is through Vislo, which is for visiting students. So that's like if you want to do an OA rotation, you would apply through Vislo. Which um, is virtual, right? Yes, yeah. So the first two are free. Well, you don't have to do Vislo virtual. You could do an in-person rotation. Where? Wherever you apply. So let's like say in you... in another state? Yeah, let's say you want to do internal medicine at Harvard. Cool. You apply, and if you get accepted, you do internal medicine at Harvard for a month. That's how it works. Uh, 
So Clinician, Nexus, and Emeli are obviously free to apply electives through. Through Vislo, though, you do have to pay like a $15 fee. And then even a lot of the electives also have like another $200 post-application fee. So like I'm taking like a wilderness medicine class in February, and that was like 200 bucks per course. <laughs> yeah, that was expensive. But um, yeah, so uh, now as for what electives to pick, um, that definitely is more just tailored on, onto what you want to do. Uh, like, so for example, me, when I entered fourth year, I had no idea what I wanted to be yet. I, I initially wanted to do anesthesia and I hated anesthesia in my third year. And I hated, like I said, strong word, but I didn't like it. Uh, it wasn't a good fit. Yeah. So then my fourth year, I just decided to do another rotation that I had always heard good things about that my friends were like trying to convince me on. I did radiology and I loved it. Uh, amazing. I love the field itself. For me, it was the most interesting one. I also love the work-life balance. For me, everything about radiology was perfect. But uh, point is, after my radiology rotation, and I realized I liked radiology, then I started uh, making my electives more geared toward that. So Yeah, I think this is a good time. Like, If you had any doubts about what your spe specialty was going to be, yeah. this is the time to like explore yeah, exactly. other other specialties, yeah, see what, exactly. you, what you like better. Yeah. Any, any, any specialty you even have a question about, I would recommend doing a rotation there. Like, for example, me, one I always had a question about and that I would have had, like, a big what if if I hadn't done it is ophthalmology. Ophthalmology was another one that I had, like, like even though I loved radiology, I still was like, oh, but let me do an ophthalmology rotation to see if I like it or not. And thank God I did it because then I realized, nah, I don't really like it. <laughs> so uh, don't just think be thinking about, like, if the rotation is be hard or easy. Although I'm not going to lie, that's a big consideration that I think of, too. But try to be honest with yourself. And if it's saying that you genuinely want to know what it's like, uh, give yourself that opportunity to learn more about it. Yeah, absolutely. You have to. This is the time you have to take advantage because what if you start and you're like, man, I wonder what it would have been like if I would have done another specialty. Yeah. And then I guess more uh, advice or more knowledge so you guys know. Uh, for your electives, you have to do... 24 weeks in order to graduate 12 of those have to be in person and the other 12 can be well better said 12 of those have to be direct patient care and the other 12 can be non-direct patient care uh, so for example for my 12 i took ophthalmology for four weeks i took radiology for four weeks and i took emergency medicine for four weeks which i actually really enjoyed emergency medicine is not bad uh, and then for my non-clinical ones i've basically been taking like a virtual courses through Vislo, which I would recommend for you guys too, if you could find some of those courses, because uh, like I said, obviously you want to have a lot of your electives that like help you in the long run, but you also want to have some easy chill ones because fourth year is the easiest year you're going to have in medical school. The most free time you're going to have by far. And then, you know, July starts residency and you're going to go from, you're going to go back to being busier than you've ever been and, and not be able to go on trips. And you have your free time, too, to do your interviews. Yeah, that's another thing. Okay, another huge consideration I would make when picking electives. Thank you, baby, for reminding that. One thing, you have to pick electives of things you're interested in or things you're expecting to get a, le a letter of rec from. You have to pick them early. So let's say you do your, your step two in May or August, whatever, uh, June, you only have until July. So you only have until July to do all the other important electives you want to do and get letters of rec. So now I'm, I'm even going to back up even more now. 
really, really, really do your best to try to get at least one letter of rec in your third year. So me personally, I did that. I got one letter of rec in my third year from my ob Dr. Salas. And then I even had my primary care doctor who I had a good relationship with, but I like was afraid to ask her for a letter of rec. And I regretted that afterward. Because afterward, then when I did radiology and I got my second letter of rec from radiology, I didn't have any third letter to get. And now instead of asking her like fresh that month that I had asked her and I had worked fresh with her and she really remembered me, I had to ask her a year later, later for a letter of rec. And she still gave it to me, but it doesn't help when they when when you tell them, oh, yeah, I had a, I had you one year ago. Yeah, they probably don't remember as much. Yeah, you know? yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So uh, definitely try to get one letter of rec minimum. If you can get two, even better. Your first your third year uh, and ask that rotation. And even another hint I'll give you guys, too, is uh, that helps. If there's a rotation that you really do want to get a letter of rec from, establish that from week one that you want to get a letter of rec like established from week one like uh sending shout out matthew plant the seed yeah matthew is a genius in my class smartest guy in my class probably shout out matt <laughs> uh he was the one that would, would tell me like he would go in first week and like already be like hey this is a field i'm interested in i really want to make a good impression. uh impression and i'd love to get a letter of rec so please tell me anything i could do what i can do differently how i can be better so definitely setting that because then it throws the ball on their side of the court. Because you let them know from day one you want a letter of rec. And for them to let you know anything, that if you're not doing a good enough job to get a letter of rec. So if at the end of the month they didn't tell you anything, and then you ask for a letter of rec and they don't give it to you, that looks sort of bad because like you ask them, like, hey, is it, what can I do to get a letter of rec? So it puts a little bit of responsibility on them too, which is good. Uh, so I would recommend saying something like that day one. Uh, and then if it's not, let's say it's a field that you weren't expecting to get a letter of rec from, but that you really made a good relationship with attending, uh, I would still ask them at the end. I would say like, hey, doctor, you know, we've been talking all this time and I know I told you that I wasn't interested in this field, but I really respect you as an attending and I had a great time working with this month and I'd be honored if you could write a letter of rec uh, in favor of my application when I do decide what I want to pursue later on. Something like that. But point is doing something that goes a long, a long way. And believe it or not, like, they're actually, they really do want to help you. And if, if they feel like you want their help, they'll be more than happy to do it. Uh, so yeah, then now fast forwarding all the way back to electives. Uh, try to get your important electives in early because you're going to need those letters of recs in. And if, if you only have two letters of recs and it's August, you're going to start getting really scared. So get those in early. And um, I don't know, Cutie, any other tips after electives? Um. You know, try try to manage your time well, like you said, because you have to keep in mind that, what is it, December or, I mean, it's probably different yeah. for everybody. You also reminded me. Thank you, baby. That's November, another thing I would December say. December is. Yep. Another thing I would say, too, like what she was saying about managing your time. So try to pick your important electives out of the way first, but then during your, during the months you're working on your application, I would suggest either taking an easy elective or not taking one at all. So for me, for example, I took radiology May. I studied for the step two June and July. And then August, I took ophthalmology, which I was busy every day. That's another thing, guys. So you guys know how the ophthalmology rotation is like. That one's actually pretty busy for anybody considering that one. I was there at the at the eye clinic from the Fort Lauderdale Eye Institute from like uh, eight till six every day. 
that one's really long. So you're going to be there all day. And, and, and it, it, it bothered me actually, because I couldn't work on my application at home of August. Uh, but then September, uh, I didn't get a rotation because I didn't register in time, <laughs> which I was actually bummed out at the beginning, but it ended up being amazing because I had all of September free then to work on my application. So I would definitely recommend August and September, uh, either picking really easy rotations or even picking an easy rotation and having one of the months off so you can work on your application because doing your applications a lot and, and you, you want to get everything right and, and, and you're working your personal statement and the supplemental. Yeah. Yeah. That it, even though that one, like the answers are short, they have to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I would definitely recommend, uh, recommend, yeah. Uh, picking chill electives during the time. And then the rest, <clears throat> you guys are going to see, you're going to have a lot of free time for fear. Uh, I'm personally really looking forward to it. <laughs> My free time is going to start coming around February and, and I'm going to plan to do a lot of vacations at Fort Fear because like I told you guys, the moment we start residency, it's it's hell week for a year. So, so let's enjoy it while we can. Yeah. So how would you help someone um, pick their specialty? Okay. Yeah, so choosing a specialty, that's actually, this is a hard one to give advice because even for me, like no matter what anybody says, uh, it's it's so hard to tell. So my main word of advice would always be trust your gut instinct. And I like, trust what your stomach is telling you. Like if you do a rotation and and you sort of enjoyed it, but then like you get like the, I don't know and like you have like this feeling about it I would like really try to look at other fields and like like for me when I found radiology like I knew it was radiology and like beforehand I never got that feeling so like I said before what I said before about like for me the most important question I asked myself in every rotation was how how do, can I see myself in this field so definitely asking yourself that from day one and being honest to yourself don't be like, don't be like, yeah, I can sort of see, I could sort of see myself in that field. Be like, no, like, like don't settle. Only pick the one that you really, really feel. And I think everyone's going to get that there at one point. Yeah, um, you're going to have that aha moment. Like, yeah, I think you're going to have that aha moment. Yeah. Or you and, just know. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, obviously you need to be learning about yourself though that whole time because if you're like me and you didn't get that aha moment during the core clerkships, you need to have an idea of what specialties you sort of will like, so you can do those right away at the beginning of fourth year. Because if you still don't know by the beginning of fourth year, it's a, then it's a big deal. Like you need to find out right away. So like, thank God I found out my first rotation in radiology. Uh, so be learning about yourself, be asking yourself questions like, do I like being in the OR or do I hate it? For internal medicine, can I see myself rounding for five years or for three years, uh, three, four hours every morning? Uh, see, like for psych, can I be around people who are mentally ill 24-7 or is that going to start to affect me like you need to ask yourself all those type of questions yeah and think like what do i want in the future like do i want to have a family is this gonna you know affect my relationship with my my potential kids and stuff am i gonna miss out on things you know think of the things that you're willing to give up yeah. as dramatic as that sounds yeah yeah it's true though yeah yeah because you're gonna give up something you have to see what that's actually really good you put it that way baby you always have to see what you're willing to give up in that field. So, like, for example, radiology, I'm giving up being with patients a lot. Yeah. 
But uh, number one, I still do fluoro with patients like three, four times a day. If, so I still get to see a few patients a day. And number two, what I do is so important that I'm, I'm like able that I'm able to like it, not it, have that. Yeah, yeah it it um takes that away exactly, so it doesn't bother me. Um, but like for people that would be considering OB or whatever, like OB and surgery, I think those are the two that you're on call. Like you, they could call you at any time of the day, and you have to show up. Yeah. Well, I think I think a lot of them do. Even in well, internal medicine, depends on on what call team you're on and what time, but. But I know what you mean, especially OB guy. Like OB guy is an attending, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like internal medicine is an attending. Your life is gonna be pretty normal. It's not gonna be too crazy. Surgery might be a little crazy, especially your trauma surgeon. But uh, yeah, it just I definitely say follow your heart and don't settle. Uh, don't settle because then you're gonna be unhappy for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. So you have to think of like, am I gonna be okay with this in twenty years? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but I guess that's all I can say on it because that's really a different that that's like a difficult thing to yeah the, really you you just with. know yeah like I I every time I used to even hear these sink or swim podcasts when I was a third year and like they would give good advice but like eh, it never helped me so like <laughs> I'm not gonna act like I can help you guys just just uh just be ready for when the moment comes yeah you'll know um for applications what are some things that you wish you had known uh yeah so one like i said before taking the step two right away not taking the month off uh other things i had wish i had known so applications i think they open august but like mid-august something like that and then they close september uh, first, you're gonna. I think you even do the supplemental first. I did the supplemental application first, <laughs> which don't worry, guys. It's it's not as bad as the medical school ones. It's it's not like one for each school. It's one standardized one. Like it's sent out to every program, uh, and then it it changes depending on what you're applying. So for me, I was applying radiology. So for me, it was I had to list uh, five characteristics of mine like you literally have to pick words like i picked uh i can't even remember them but let's just say in, uh intelligent and curious like you pick two adjectives and then you have to you have to uh describe like what happened with that experience but the tricky part is you only have 300 characters yeah, which does short. which sounds like a decent amount but for, for you guys who haven't done it yet it's literally like a sentence and a half so the supplemental application was probably actually the hardest because you only have a sentence and a half to draw their interest. Uh, and then with the supplemental application, you also put your geographical interest. So you could select up to three areas you like to practice in. Uh, and then you could describe why. Uh, and then also for the, for the, for the, for, you also have to do up to, it changes per field. There's different amount of signal preferences. But for radiology, it's six. So basically what that means is you can send up to six programs that you applied to. Uh, uh, like it's a signal letting them know that you're like really interested in being there. So like me, for example, I uh, I program signaled six and, those, and I got interviews at all six. So those are like the ones that like if you want a guaranteed interview, pretty much guaranteed. Obviously, if you if you program signal Harvard, that's not going to be guaranteed, but... But like, so maybe, maybe I would recommend program signaling your, maybe like two of them should be reach schools and the other four should be like schools you're competitive for and like schools you want to be at. Uh, hospitals. Hospitals. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. We're no longer in school. 
But uh, yeah, that so that's one piece of advice. One another piece of advice I give application. Um, another one I would give is uh, writing a personal statement is tough. <laughs> it's not as tough as the medical school one, but it's it's a little annoying and. It's also short, right? The good thing, though, is that, and I think I, I, I've never even talked to any of my classmates about this, but I'm sure they've had a similar experience. I think the the writing about why you like the field, that part might be easy because you're, if you're like, like you're generally, genu- genuinely going to like the field and like be really interested in it. So like for me, talking about why I love radiology and the personal application was easy. But um, squeezing in the good things about yourself and making it only one page and making it sound really professional is actually hard. So what I would recommend is A, having someone else read it or even B, if you're like me and you're really worried about your personal statement being good, you can do what I did uh, and pay for the this service that reads it. That being said, the service I did was, I even t- the, it was the med school insiders. Yeah, the med school insiders one and uh, I liked it. Uh, I don't know if it was worth 500 bucks or whatever I pay for it. But one thing I will say is if you guys feel like your personal statement, no matter what you do, like, like if you're like me, like I'm someone who like, I just don't feel like my writing is that good. I'm not a good writer. I'm good at science. I'm good at math, but writing was never a strong suit of mine. So for me, I felt like no matter what I did, my personal statement sounded weird. So if you have that feeling, then I would recommend something like med school insiders because they do three drafts of your personal statement and just off the first one, like they completely changed mine. The next two weren't as good, to be honest. Like I didn't feel like I got my money's worth as much from the next two. But the first one was uh, super worth it. And it made my personal statement a lot better. So that's just so you guys know about that service and so you know my honest opinion on it. That being said, I really wouldn't recommend it unless you really do feel like you're like me and that your personal statement is just straight up trash. Uh, it wasn't. It was just, it's hard to write about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I don't like Kevin Urbino. Yeah, for me it's rough <laughs> like doing all that. But uh, yeah. Any, let's see. Any other tips I have with the application process? Uh, so the personal statement. Oh, the the meaning the meaningful experiences in ERAS. Um. I guess the, try to list a good amount. Don't list too many that are like uh, redundant or unimportant or like way too far in the past. Uh, uh it. It's going to be a little quick description of that, too. It's not like in medical school. It's much more long and obnoxious, so it's not too big a deal. So I would actually say, if anything, I wish someone told me that, that the application process wasn't as uh, nerve-wracking beforehand. It's not that nerve-wracking. Uh, if anything, more nerve-wracking is deciding how many programs to apply to and where to apply to. And for that, definitely use Miss McDonald and all the resources she's given us. So, like... Uh, and definitely always apply uh, average. Like if, if, if for let's say OB-GYN is like 45 applications on average, apply 45. Don't be cocky and apply 15 or 20. Uh, and uh, that being said, though, when you interview and you're going to rank, I, I haven't started the rank process yet, but never rank programs that you really can't see yourself at. So that hasn't been an issue for me yet. So far, every place I've interviewed at has looked pretty cool, but... If you do interview somewhere that you really don't like, don't even bother ranking them. Um, and uh, let's see, any other uh, any other application tips, Cutie? No. That we could think of? I don't think so. Um, 
because you can't even say don't overthink it because you have to it's literally your future oh yeah but um <laughs> the only thing i would say is the same thing we've been saying during all this time try to enjoy your free time yeah. make the most of it if yeah. you're learning make the most of it yeah. um just do what you can to make this experience better for yourself mm-hmm. and yeah and try not to alienate too many family members or yeah. friends along the way definitely try to choose personal life over academic life every once in a while uh-huh. as difficult as that can be but, but also um, prioritize people that would prioritize you but uh, yeah, it's just, I think we gave uh, a lot of good tidbits of what to expect third year, a lot of tidbits what to ex- expect of step two and the electives. And yeah, the whole application process, you guys will see, it's, it honestly wasn't too bad. I felt like September was an off month for me, but I had the month off. So just really taking time. I think that's the main thing. The main thing is give you, make sure to pick electives that give you time to work. And if you do that, the application process shouldn't be too bad. Choose your specialty beforehand so you don't feel torn the day of. And uh, other than that, you know, now I'm in the phase of interviews and of just holding your head up. So uh, definitely don't get, you know, if it's been like a month since your application was sent out and you've only heard back from a few programs, don't get bummed out. Uh, interviews come in waves uh, and it changes based off each specialty. So you just you, have, you definitely have to also look and see when interviews are sent based on the specialty. Like, I think orthopedic surgery is November something. I forget. But point is, each one has different times. And uh, and if you don't get whatever the average number of interviews is, uh, still try to hold your head up high and make the best of it. Like, um, for example, for matched applicants, the average uh, interviews for radiology should be 12. But I have eight interviews. So I'm four off, which is a pretty big deal. It, it could cause you to worry, but just stay focused. You know, don't think about the numbers. People, every year, every year, every specialty becomes the hardest it's ever been to get into. <laughs> so now that I'm talking to you guys now, radiology is the hardest it's ever been. When you guys apply three years from now, it's going to be the hardest it's ever been. So people are always going to be telling you how hard it is and how, and how they're thinking of not even applying because it's too hard and too competitive. Uh, don't worry about that. Uh, use your program signals. If you know you're not competitive, you know you don't have the best step score, use your program signals for places that aren't, uh, aren't like even if they're, another thing, guys, don't use the whole name of community versus academic. Like you can get, I've always been of the belief that where, how you learn is dependent on you. You can go anywhere and learn like crazy and make the most out of it. The most important thing is the people who are there and if they're nice and if you could see yourself working there and, and things like that. So uh so definitely take that into account as well and don't just you know apply or don't just have places in the top of your rank because they're academic and they have the big hospital name uh definitely when you're ranking the number one thing that should be going through your head is just how you like it there and if you like it there you're gonna learn like there's eight radiology places in florida and you're gonna learn amazing at all of them. what matters is who you're with and if you like the people so definitely focus on that uh so yeah i think that's all my final tidbits uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I know it's a lot of, and I know I can talk fast sometimes and it could be a lot, but thank you for hanging out for an hour and 35 minutes. We're not the most fun hosts. So <laughs> thanks for staying with us. And, uh, any last remarks, baby? No, good luck. And whatever you guys should choose to do. All right. Perfect. All right, everybody. 
signing out for the Sink or Swim podcast for episode number two, looking back in the final two years. Daniel and Marissa. Bye, everybody. Take care. Bye, guys.